It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. It is a busy day, uh, both uh, here in the state of Utah and across the country. And back in our nation's capital, uh, we just got off the line with uh, Representative Burgess Owens, who uh, is introducing a bill that would create a bipartisan uh, commission uh, around early uh, childhood education, the funding, uh, any waste, fraud and abuse, uh, but more importantly, streamlining, cutting through the red tape and making sure that it is focused on actually delivering outcomes uh, for families and, of course, for our, our young students. Uh, it's interesting, if you uh, had asked me a couple of years ago uh, about viruses being developed in labs in foreign countries, uh, I would have said, well, that's, you know, that's mostly spy novel kinds of things. Uh, of course, uh, we've, we, we've seen it's not just uh, for spy novels, it's, it's for all things that uh, are real and good. Uh, and there's been a lot of controversy about that in recent weeks and recent months. And in particular, there has uh, been a lot of uh, conversation about the United States uh, dollars funding uh, what is called gain-of-function research. Again, this sounds like something out of a spy novel. Uh, this is real. Uh, and this is where viruses are actually made more deadly uh, in order to combat future viruses. Uh, and so it's a very complicated, a little down in the weeds kind of thing. But uh, Representative Chris Stewart uh, has sponsored a bill that would ban uh, U.S. dollars from funding that gain of function research. And he joined us on the line from Washington, D.C. And Congressman, I know you've uh, just stepped off the floor uh, from a vote. And uh, we appreciate you getting some time for us. And this is just a fascinating thing that, again, I don't think any of us would have thought about other than in spy movies a couple of years ago. But it's uh, it's alive and, and real for all of us now. It is alive and real, and we are reaping the cost of it right now because were it not for gain-of-function research, COVID probably wouldn't have been developed and it wouldn't have been nearly as effective as it was in, in transmittable. And as a minimum, Boyd, as an absolute minimum, if, the, if you put forward an argument that you think this is necessary research in order to protect against the pandemic, for heaven's sakes, don't. Uh, team with China to do this research because we know they're not trusted partners and we know that happened. And as you said, I, I argue we shouldn't be doing the research at all. There are some who say we need to in order to protect us, but if that's the case, then absolutely do that only within the confines of the United States and our own trusted laboratories. Yeah, and uh, so as part of this bill, so obviously it bans uh, specific gain-of-function research in China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, uh, and a few other countries, I believe. Uh, so what's the conversation been like? I, you're in a lot of those uh, meetings and conversations down in the SCIF, uh, in the secure locations there in the capital. What have the conversations been like? Uh, where does everyone seem to be lining up on this? 
Well, and let me speak more broadly than gain of function, and I can, but I think we can get to that. Because uh, conversations on this have been really interesting. When we first had uh, our first intelligence brief on this, which was probably in January, it was really early, uh, back before most Americans were aware at all or have ever heard of COVID or this new virus in, in uh, China. Uh, and shortly after that, we started looking at, okay, where did this come from? What are the origins of it? And that was probably in March or early April. And we were told by the intelligence agencies again and again, this almost certainly came from a natural transmission. Okay, well, show us the evidence. I mean, how do you draw that conclusion? And the truth is, is that, is that they had very weak evidence in either one. And it was a basic uh, failure of our intelligence community not to at least ask the question. Mm. We have the Wuhan laboratory there. Is it possible it came from there? And they, and they to their fault, excluded that as a possibility really early and without evidence to support either one. Again, this was before we really knew. And one of the interesting lessons that I hope we learned from this is there needs to be a greater sense of imagination. Once again, by the way, there's other examples of this among our intelligence community to look at other possibilities. Because had we known early on, it would have affected the way we responded to this. And I'm not talking about punishing China or anything. I'm talking about how we respond medically to this pandemic. And uh, and that was one of the interesting conversations that we had from this. And then you go down several more layers and we find out, as, as we're talking about now, the gain-of-function research was an important part of this, and that was probably funded by the United States. Mm, that's, uh, that's just fascinating to me that we can be in that uh, space, that we're funding those kinds of things uh, if we do have to do them. And, again, that's an interesting debate in and of itself, whether we should be doing that kind of research. Uh, but surely we shouldn't be funding that to uh, places like China Russia, Iran, and North Korea. Yeah, as, uh, I mean that just uh, show me someone who doesn't say that that makes sense. I mean, it clearly it clearly is just a minimum standard we should set. You know, Boyd, I just came out of a meeting before I came down here to vote with some some people who represent international organizations who deal with uh, vaccinations uh, again internationally, and and there is a prospect here. This is such so, such good news and so promising that the lessons we've learned from this pandemic may allow us to intercept the next pandemic or the next whether it's COVID or whether it's Ebola or some of the more frightening ones, we may be able to intercept them so early and develop a vaccine so quickly that the day is within reach where we don't have to worry about a pandemic again. And I know that sounds nearly impossible to believe, but it's actually true because we can develop vaccines so much more quickly than we thought we could. And again, some of the lessons we've learned from this pandemic. And, and the good news is, is that we need to take advantage of this catastrophe and learn from it. There are opportunities for us to do that but at the same time we need to do it smartly and one of the ways we can do that smartly is to know who we can trust and who we can work with and that china just simply isn't a trusted partner when it comes to these issues yeah you you talk about uh you know kind of this uh, lack of imagination in the intelligence uh, committee in terms of exploring some of those things Uh, i I think if there was one takeaway for me and and would love your insight on this congressman uh, is that we had so much of this instant certainty almost at every step along the way that we were certain it was this, not that. And we were certain that this would help and that would make it worse. Uh, and, of course, the further time went on, you know, we found some of those things were true and some of those things were were flat wrong. Uh, yeah. What do you think has been learned inside of Washington, D.C., uh, in terms of getting past the instant certainty that we saw in a lot of press conferences, again, both sides of the aisle and all of those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, 
how do we get past that instant certainty so that we can have more imagination and get better outcomes? Well, I mean, I think there's two answers that I would say. One of them is don't start with the presupposition. And too often our intelligence agencies do that. And in this case, there was a there was a predication upon uh, upon not blaming China, and that wasn't driven by the evidence. That was driven by some of the politics, and frankly, and to my dismay, uh, some of it was driven by a- agencies who didn't like the current occupant at the White House. And whether you like President Trump or President Biden or whether you don't like him, you can't taint the intelligence because of that yeah. in, in, in either direction. Uh, the second thing, and I actually had this conversation with, with this uh, these group of indi- individuals just before I came here, uh, and as I said, came to vote, and that is just tell the truth. The American people will accept the truth. And let me give you an illustration of that. Dr. Fauci should have said in March, instead of saying, hey, masks don't help, he should have said what he knew was true, and that is masks do help, but we don't have enough of them. So please save them for the first responders. Please save them for the medical professionals who are working with these sick patients. The American people would have understood that. They want to wear the mask when they, when they understood they would help, but they would say, okay, I'll give them to the doctors and nurses. You produce them as quickly as you can, and in a month I'll be able to wear a mask. And instead they said, we're going to lie to the American people and tell them that they don't help when they knew that the masks did help. And I think that's such a good example of just tell people the truth. And if you tell them the truth, American people, by and large, will accept it. And then it doesn't become politicized. And it doesn't. you don't put your own credibility on the line to where then the next thing you tell us, people ask, well, I wonder if he's telling us the truth or not. Just tell people the truth. We're big, we're big boys. We can handle it. And let's not make this more complicated than it has to be by the deception that sometimes is involved. Yeah, that is a, a great piece of insight and one that I hope we apply across the board in a whole host of situations in the days ahead. That suspending judgment, telling the truth, knowing that the American people will rally and and respond to that. Uh, Representative uh, Stewart, so appreciate you joining us on air today. And uh, these are some really important things that we've got to get right uh, as we try to move the country forward. Yeah, I appreciate it so much, and glad to be with you, and thank you for the great work you do, Boyd. Hey, thanks uh, again, Representative Chris Stewart, uh, joining us live from Washington, D.C. A lot going on back there today. Uh, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Senator Iwamoto here in the state of Utah uh, about fireworks, bans, and who can who can't make those decisions. Coming up next on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.